Hey, Skittlebuds and new listeners, thanks for dropping by to catch our latest episode of the only podcast in the world called Small Town Skittlebud. I see you running around like a turkey with your head cut off, trying to get your affairs in order before the in-laws arrive to nitpick your culinary skills, let you know you're out of something in the fridge, and then pass out on your couch. Don't worry, we're in this together. This week, Liz and I have invited Mike O'Brien on for a chat about small-town living. You're going to relate to a lot of his hilarious perspectives. Man, things used to be so much simpler. Fast forward to present time, and Mike is now a duck boat narrator, a comic from Boston, and a regular on the nightly news. It's all fascinating stuff, I tell you. Are you ready to do this? We're hanging. This episode is brought to you by Perez Martial Arts. Give your kid the tools they need to protect themselves with self-defense, credible life skills, and more. And by Mario's Lawn Care. Leave it to the pros and keep your curb appeal looking top-notch with service you can trust. Small Town Scuttlebots. You ready to do this? Let's do it. All right. <laughs> We're hanging. Let's go. <laughs> wow, that laugh was so uh, macabre. <laughs> By the way, Liz, this is mm-hmm. a good start to the show. Have you ever listened to our show and realized that you sing words on occasion? I do? Yeah, it's, <gasps> and I love it. It's very, um, you know, because it's an audio format, but you can mm-hmm. just hear the enthusiasm and excitement. Oh, I'm so words. glad. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I was thinking of getting like a, like a sizzle reel of Liz, <laughs> Liz singing, singing all of her lines. I don't know if it's a thing. You've done know. that. You I ever? don't know. Maybe we're ready for Scuttlebutt the musical. <laughs> Mike can play the guitar. I can yeah. play the piano. We'll just sing everything. I'll just I'll just <laughs> play a didgeridoo. There you go. <laughs> Some real talent here. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Skullabuds, what's shaking? It's Rick Fink in the basement in the northeast corner of my house. Somewhere in uh, Medfield, Massachusetts. Across the table from me is my friend Liz. She's the co-host. You're listening to Small Town Scuttlebutt. I don't know if you're new to the show, but we react to the overreactions of small town problems. Pretty straightforward. We also just um, get a lot of stuff off our chest. We're we're parents. We live in a small town. Um, Most of our problems aren't really problems. We know that. Maybe not every time people around us do, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes people take life too seriously. Yeah, that's a great segue <laughs> into Ushanka topics. All right, I, I can't get, wait to get into it. But how have you been? Are you are you officially ready for Thanksgiving? It's in two days, you know. <sighs> yes, I you know I've got my menu. I know who's coming. My little guy Brady, who's you 10. did it. You, someone's Ooh, coming. I... <laughs> hey, Oprah. <laughs> You're like Oprah over there. You get a car. <laughs> you get a car. <laughs> I literally have no idea. I'm you've even never, doing it. You've never been called out on that. No. Because I've said to you, uh, one of my other observations is, Liz, you're, you're kind of like one of the guys. And you're like, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I take that as a compliment. I don't oh, know yeah. if a lot of other women would take that as a compliment. But I feel like that means you can say anything in front of me and not worry about it. Women should absolutely take that as a mm-hmm. compliment. Back when Leslie and I were, before we, before we had kids, 
told her, if we ever have a daughter, I want to raise her to be like my friend Christy growing up, who could doll herself up and be girly and pretty, but she could also huck a loogie farther <laughs> than you, and she would jump off the roof into the swimming pool with mm-hmm. the guy, and just be... Like Cameron the- Diaz's character in Something About Mary. There you go. Exactly mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Last night, do you know how proud I was to see my daughter after dance class still in her dance clothes, riding around on her Tony Hawk skateboard that I bought her? I'm like, she didn't get out of that unitard thing or whatever you call it. <laughs> I think it's uni- leotard? Le- leotard. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's still, That's awesome. Yeah, she's in her ballet stuff, mm-hmm. and she's... And she's like, Dad, check this out. I can skateboard across the whole driveway. I'm like, you, you are just. I hope you got that on video or a picture because it's like the coming together of of her personality, right? It is. It's it's just another example, though. But I I, I don't know, Liz. I like to live in the moment. I don't. Oh. I didn't have the phone on me. It's overrated. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right, right. You got to put that up on TikTok, bro. Right? If it's not on social media, did it even happen? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, yes, to get back to your original question, yeah, yeah, I feel ready for Thanksgiving. And my little guy loves to do food prep. Mm -hmm. He really loves being in the kitchen. And I even bought him, like, these special gloves. They're almost, like, chain mail-y. So, like, he can chop things. I don't have to worry about him cutting himself. Nice. So he's all lined up to help me peel potatoes and chop stuff and whatever. So I think we're good to go. Keeping it pretty low-key. It's like... You know, it's just all about hanging out with family. I don't want to be all stressed out about it. So I think we're good. What about you guys? Are you cooking? Yes. Well, let's wanted to segue into the Ushanka because yes, one of my one of my um, Ushanka topic contributions is is relative to the cooking. All right, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I will dig into the Ashanka today. Oh, how convenient. It's the one we were just going to talk about. (laughs) As luck would have it. (laughs) Air fryers. How do you cook your turkey? Dan grills it. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I should change the topic. (laughs) Because that's cooler. I thought I was going to be cool. He grills it. Yes. On like a Weber, a gas grill? Yeah, on a gas grill. No. Yeah. Takes a few hours or something. I don't know. I've never heard. Does he spatchcock that thing? It is not spatchcocked. It's the full bird right on top of the grill, and that's that. I don't know what he does to the bird. Let's, by the way, write down the word spatchcock <laughs> for the episode of words that sound disgusting, but they aren't really yes. when you find out what they mean. <laughs> Chalk it up there with the kumquat. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate <Yes>. that word. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Grilling it, yes, comes out great. I bet it does. I, mm-hmm. I would, I would kick the tires on that yep. sometime. I would suggest it. Okay, then it frees up my oven. Yeah. Well, thanks for one upping me. <laughs> <laughs> back. How, to, how are you going to prepare your turkey, Rick? <laughs> back to my boring air fryer story. <laughs> we got an air fryer. Mm-hmm. I, I, I said, uh, hey, you know what? I don't want to use up the oven like that last twenty minutes of of. Thanksgiving prep and heating up thing. It's just all, it's a mess. I, I just, you know, let's have it off site. Mm-hmm. So we're using, we're utilizing the grill for a couple of things. And we're going to, we got an air fryer, not an oil deep fryer. Yep. Because those things will blow up. 
There's there's a lot. You remember we did a show last week on buffoon dads? Yes. Well, here's a great example. See, I can be a buffoon sometimes. I can be like, oh, forgot that thing or what? I'm supposed mm-hmm. to pick up the kids? What? You, you know? can turn it on when you want to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. I can, I can play the role <laughs> just fine. However, when it comes to safety, I, I'm safety first. Yep. You know, I don't mess around. But uh, people actually put frozen turkeys in boiling oil and that's what makes it blow up Jeez. or if there's water in the cavity you now you're putting water in hot oil that's that's what's going to get you shrapnel and Yikes. boiling oil in your face someone missed the spontaneous combustion lesson in chemistry class exactly <laughs> and you know you think like wow i've seen a hundred of these youtube videos maybe i should read the instructions <laughs> first you don't wing it some things you can wing you know right deep frying a turkey isn't one of them so leslie and i were kicking the tires on um air fryers and uh, we found one. I'm just psyched. Nice. I'm psyched to use it. That's all. That's How all long does to... it take you to cook a turkey in an air fryer? Well, I haven't read the instructions okay, yet, but Liz. you will. I will. <laughs> cover to cover. You bet. I'll even read them in French and Spanish mm-hmm. just to make sure I, you know, because they do that in the. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they do French? Yeah. Screw them. Yeah. Stupid French. So we'll have to compare. Actually, no. We have like we have some listeners in France. I love you guys (laughs) in Canada, right? Yeah, French Canadians. Mm -hmm. Yep, the hockey players. Yep. Um, Yeah, so I'm excited about the air fryer. Uh, Can't wait to um, dig into that because we make air fried chicken wings. Oh yeah, they are they are the best chicken wings we've ever had. Mm -hmm. I've always argued, and Leslie begrudgingly agrees with me. But Hooters makes the best chicken wings. That's a fact. I've never been to a Hooters before. Okay. I have been to a Tilted Kilt. Do you know what that is? (laughs) Never heard of it. Oh, my God. So it's where the waitresses dress up like, Almost like the Britney Spears uh, hit me baby one more time. Mm -hmm. Like little plaid schoolgirl white blouse. Yep. And the only time I've been there, I was on a business trip to, I don't know, some dumpy suburb somewhere. I met my colleague for the first time because he was flying from California. I was flying from Boston. I'd never met this guy before. And so we meet in the hotel lobby, and he's like, there's really not much around for restaurants. He's like, there's a Tilted Kilt over there and, a like, a Chili's or something. And I was like, oh. I go, all right. I was like, the Tilted Kilt. And he knew what this place was, and mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. So we walk in. I'm like, holy shit, there's tits for days. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So I'm like, okay, I, I got it right quick. And mm-hmm. so we sit down. And the girl comes over and, you know, takes our order and, like, boobs everywhere. And she walks away. And I said to my male colleague, I go, there's a lot of boob in here. And he just burst out laughing. He was like, oh, my God. He's like, I, he's like, have you ever been to one of these before? And I said, no. He's like, I was a little horrified when he suggested we come here. And I said, I said, this is the first time I've ever been. I'm totally cool. Don't worry about it. We'll get our burgers and call it a night. That is so funny. <laughs> and then we just inked a half million dollar deal That's right, right there. Well, I don't get out of bed for anything less than a billion. So. <laughs> right, right. Let's put a fork in this turkey talk. Next topic. Voice text. So, yes, I realized horrifyingly yesterday that I voice text like an 80-year-old. And so I never voice text. I always type my texts. Mm -hmm. Dan voice texts all day, every day, which is infuriating because I can hear him from the other room. And I think, I always think he's talking to me. So I'm like, what? Do you need something? And he's like, (laughs) I'm not talking to you. (laughs) So I had to go into Boston yesterday. I leave the city and I'm about to pull onto the Mass Pike and I'm like, oh, I'm going to let Dan know I'm on my way. Mm-hmm. So I hit the little button on my phone, but I'm so impatient. I don't wait for like the beep that indicates you are now, you, you can now talk. So yep. I hit the button. I'm like, I'm on my way home. And 
my series voice is a British man. So he says, your text says, way home. Do you want to send it? And I'm annoyed because it didn't record everything I said, even though if I had just texted that, it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. So I just said, no, all annoyed. And then I hit the button again. I take a breath and I go, I'm on my way home, period. <laughs> and then he, the British guy repeats it back to me and he says, would you like to send it? And I wait and I go, yes. <laughs> It's like, this is not for me. This I should just stick to the traditional text you know, while driving. All this technology <laughs> needs to cater to our generation a little mm-hmm. bit better because I, I got this iPhone, small phone, fat thumbs. Yeah. And uh, I, I, well, you've seen, you've seen firsthand all of the typos. <laughs> and the autocorrects. Uh, the autocorrects. <laughs> and I don't reread, I don't read my stuff until I, after I send it. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing. I go send and then I'm like, let's, let's review it. It's already too late, but thanks turns into hi honks yeah. <laughs> all too often. Hi honks. Uh, oh, another time. This is really bad when you're trying to make a point like, and furthermore, right. blah, blah, blah. And I try to sign it. Well, the R and the T are next to each other. So it's like I sign things, you know, with authority. <laughs> tick. Tick. No, tell them. <laughs> you don't, me- don't mess. Don't mess with the tick. <laughs> and when I do the uh, talk to text thing, mm. I start getting like conversational. Yes. And I just realized, no, it's, it's just straight up words. Mm-hmm. You need to just say them. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm just going to st- stick with the old fashioned thumbing my way through it. I miss <laughs> the phone call. I, I do. You know, like just if I want to talk to someone for like three minutes, mm-hmm. like, you know, can't we do that? I don't know. It's. I talk on the phone all day for work, mm-hmm. so I don't really love talking outside of work. Okay, but I get it. Yeah. I get it. it's it's a lot easier to hash things out in a three minute phone conversation versus fifteen different text exchanges. We just have to adapt, I guess. <sighs> it's hard at our age. <laughs> oh, this one's called "Is It Me?" Could be. It probably is. <laughs> so, I went to Cape Cod last week. The house that I'm working on is, you know what? I've upgraded it from under construction to done with a perpetual punch list. Okay. <laughs> All not right? bad. So if you wanted to spend the week there next week, mm-hmm. you would be totally comfortable and fine. I would know there's 13 more things that I got to knock off. But nobody else would probably notice, right? No. Okay. No. So I go down. Now, I like to multitask. I like to make a trip like that. Um, I like to add value to it. Like, what else can I do down here, mm-hmm. right? So I found an open mic. Ooh. Went to an open mic. I get to the open mic. It's a place called Retro. It's on Main Street in Hyannis. Hyannis, if you don't know, folks, is a two-lane road one way. So, if you can imagine, Retro is on the right side of the road. I parallel park on street parking. Now, Liz, I don't know how you get out of your car, but I traditionally use the door. Yes. Okay. Yeah, unless that makes you're, sense. Unless you're Bo and Luke Duke, mm-hmm. then you, you slide to the window. Maybe your car caught on fire. You might have to go out the, the, the sunroof, sun yeah. right? God forbid. But mm. I use the door like 99.8% of the time, just like I did this particular night. So I open the door. By the way, this is pertinent to the, con- the story. Light to no volume traffic. Okay, because it's 8 o'clock. Yeah, in Hyannis in, Hyannis, in November. Off-season, mm-hmm. exactly. I get out. Now, because it's Hyannis, off-season in November, <laughs> I thought maybe I should hide some of my personal effects in the console. Fair enough. As I'm doing this, I hear a blaring horn 
coming up behind me. And I'm like, oh, what's your parks, right? Yeah. What's going on back here? And I turn around and I see a middle aged woman who looks like a chain smoker, right? Like hiding obscurely behind her handicapped placard hanging from her rearview mirror. Middle finger up, going about five miles an hour on the horn. No. Now I did that double take, like like couldn't couldn't possibly be honking at me, right? And I look over the shoulder and and then I'm like, are you are you honking at me? And then I leaned into it like I'm like uh, Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver, <laughs> like you you honking at me? <laughs> I'm like, get out of here! Thank God, like, I'm not Italian, I'm German, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, get out of here! And I get rid of the wave, right? Like, what are you? What was your problem? My door was open, oh. slightly obscuring the right lane. Make you know. The left lane was still totally open, mm-hmm. and she could have kind of gone around me. But yeah. Also, it's not like I got out of the car and startled her with a wide open mm-hmm. door without paying any attention. To, I was there first doing my thing. You rolled up on me. Yeah. So that put me in a in a funk. I, I uh, for me, I have trouble with letting things going immediately. <laughs> immediately, like you know, where someone could be like, ah. What a dick, right? And then go inside yes, and, be like, oh, and just hi. brush it off. Yeah. Yeah. For me, something like that is gonna is gonna sit with me for about fifteen minutes. So right? did it affect kind of your mental state as you were preparing to get on stage for the open mic? Or oh, the open mic. You're, oh, that open mic. Oh. The, the one that got, it got canceled. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That was the real middle finger. <laughs> I, know, I know. It got canceled. But oh. when I was in there and I was talking to the bartender about this. A guy, uh, 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 a friend, mm-hmm. had driven out to see me. He come out Seriously? to see, yeah, he come out to see me, and uh, I didn't know this at the time, but he had parallel parked in the spot in front of me, mm-hmm. and he's like, "That was you." I'm like, oh. "I'm like, you saw that?" He's like, "Yeah." Well, I heard the horn. I look back and I see a guy yelling at somebody with oh with, with the hands waving. I'm like, "Oh, did I look like an asshole?" He's like, "No." What she was at? Like what? I was like, well, yeah, I'm on your side, pal. I'm like, good. Okay, bud. Thanks. Oh, my God. That's a riot. That was funny. Ugh. So that was the one thing. Then, fast forward, we go to another place, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting down, and this guy, oh, eavesdropping on our conversation. Mm-hmm. He's like, he leans over, and he goes, from behind me, he goes, hey, I like your conversation. Stop. No. And I thought, okay, this guy is socially right compromised right. like he's just not he just doesn't get it right mm-hmm. maybe he lives in his mom's basement or something he's out on a wednesday night by himself oh. apparently not meeting up with anybody kind of you know a loner yeah. right so i i do have empathy for right. that. like i'm like i'm not looking down my nose but i'm not impressed either mm-hmm. right and no you weren't invited on the conversation right. so i i'm like oh yeah, yeah yeah thanks cool okay he goes yeah well you know cuz i'm uh i'm a what did he uh he was talking about his multicultural background, and he said that he's a U.S. citizen. And he's also um, Native American. Mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, okay. What tribe?" And he says, "Micmac." And he like aggressively like pulls his shirt over his shoulder and shows me a tattoo. Oh, like I identify, you know, these tattoos. I'm like, oh, like like that was validation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I thought that was just aggressive, but again, I'm chalking him up as just a socially awkward person. Right. My friend was like immediately like, I think this guy's schizo. And I'm like, you think oh. so? So I said, because he was like all about Micmac, you know, mm-hmm. I said, oh, well, all right. So wh- where's where's the, wh- where are you guys now? Like where, where where's the Micmac mm-hmm. tribe, right? Like your reservation or like where, where do you, where do you, from? where's your origin? Where are you? Right. You don't ask that kind of question. 
What, what, why would you ask that? That is so offensive. Oh, my God. Why did you ask me that question? And I'm like, uh, well, because uh, I thought we were having a conversation. But no matter. Carry on. And I turned around. And he's like, do you want to know where we're from? I'm like, well, I did. <laughs> I did, but, but I think we're good now. Yeah, I think we've moved past that moment. Yeah, I did. And then he says, oh, you don't care. You don't care. And by this point, I'm just like looking at my friend, like knowing I'm like waiting for like a, a beer, beer bottle, bottle or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm like, you'll let me know if, if this guy is. This situation has the potential to escalate for sure. He yep. clearly was not playing with a, a full deck of cards, yes, so, which is super sad, which is really sad. Is. But you you have to protect yourself. I mean, you, you can't put yourself in a vulnerable position yep. to potentially be assaulted by someone who doesn't. <laughs> doesn't have like the wiring to you know control impulses potentially right right so uh he showed himself the door he's like i'm out of here and oh, I, that's good yeah were you good. nervous leaving that he was hanging still hanging out uh, well we gave it another 20 minutes yeah. so i'm like he can't be that desperate to be <laughs> right, right right but, but it reminds me of the um the advice my younger brother has given me it's like rick you know you, every time you, you cross this is path, your hot brother yes <laughs> Yep, he's good looking. He's smart. He's uh, laid back. He's he's very different than me in a lot of ways. But he gave me some wisdom. He said, "Look, man, you're gonna cross paths with a couple assholes every day. Like, just say four or five, right? Just know that. Don't act right. surprised when it happens. In fact, be be excited that you got the first one out of the way. Like, <laughs> it's like Rick. You should be when you get cut off or someone you know mm -hmm. steps in front of you in line at the grocery store or whatever." To say, oh, that's the first one. And check, right. check the box. You only have like three or four left. I'm like, and I always think about that. Mm -hmm. And so when this guy was doing his thing, and then I'm like, just after. But they, the two things happened so quickly behind. Yeah. And I'm like, what is the vibe? I am I must be giving my aura is is not good Or maybe right just Hyannis in November is not a good place to be. Yeah. I don't want to go there in December. No. Anyway, <laughs> no. Like we're just, we're just clear. We're just at the beginning of the depressing mm -hmm. season. Yes. You know? We're like oh, two weeks into it and we're losing our shit already. <laughs> and then I was going to tell jokes to these people. Right? That, been, that might have been a rough audience now oh. that I think through. Yeah. Like road, Roadhouse. Mm -hmm. Which makes me want to really get into that. The double douche. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So enough of the, uh, enough of the Ushanka. Now we've got Michael O'Brien, Boston comedian coming on after the break, but let's, Warm up the audience mm -hmm. talking a little comedy. Yes. Because please. you've been talking about, well, we always talk offline about comics. Yes. So like, I'm trying to get good at comedy and get back into it. So I'm writing and performing stand up. And you, I always say you're like a scholar of comedy. <laughs> you watch it, you know who you like. You've seen more comedy specials than I have, hands down. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I consume comedy in some form or another. Almost every day, whether it's listening to a podcast that's hosted by stand-up comedians that I really like or listening to a comedy special, watching a comedy special. So, I mean, almost every day. Well, good. Good. It's, it's, I'm glad that you diversify and step away from your, your, true, your yes. true crime addiction. It's one or the other. I'm either laughing or plotting someone's murder. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, what a range. You have good right? range. Okay, so what did you think of... I was really excited. I love Dave Chappelle. Me I've, too. I've proclaimed... That if Bill Burr is the funniest stand-up comedian today, then Dave Chappelle is the most important one of mm -hmm. our time. I really believe that. When I listen to him, I'm like, I'm watching someone prof in a professorial manner just 
share their viewpoints and perspectives. It, right. It's at a different level. It's it's very academic almost the way I see how he does it. He he he's talking to me like like a man full of wisdom. Yes. And, you know what I mean? Yes. Like like there's some I'm gonna learn something. I'm gonna think mm-hmm. I'm gonna really think harder about something that he's talking about later. Like this yes. is really whereas a lot of times jokes like Brian Regan I was saying earlier today offline to you, um, he makes my stomach hurt laughing mm-hmm. so hard. Um, but I don't get philosophical after I listen yeah, to two to completely him. different styles, yep. both valid, both hysterical, both great comedians. Mm-hmm. And what I love about Dave Chappelle is that he has these moments in his routines where he brings you to a point or the audience to a point where they get uncomfortable yep. and they think he's like making a serious point. And so there's kind of silence and then boom, he hits you with the punchline and it's, you know, laughter. Yeah. So it's like, it's just so artfully done mm-hmm. the way he tells the stories. Yeah. And he doesn't really care too much about the laughs per minute. No. He, he'll, he'll take he'll it. He'll build. He'll take it for a walk mm-hmm. and then hit you. Yep. Uh, so what did you think of his Saturday Night Live performance? I mean, I loved it. I mean, I, I love, I, I also went into it assuming I was going to love it because I love everything he does. I used to watch Chappelle's show. I watched mm-hmm. his Netflix specials. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved I loved his opening monologue. I watched a couple of the skits that he did because I'm not like a huge SNL fan. but No, not, um, no. In fact, I only watched the first hour. Yeah. Made it to uh, the news, and then mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm checking yeah. it out. I watched the weekend update because I do like Colin Jost and Michael Che, but, mm-hmm. um, but I loved it. And the one thing that struck me, towards the end of his monologue was when he said, it shouldn't be this scary to talk about anything. Yeah. Right. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like that's the world we live in. Yeah. Yep. I think uh, history will put him on a pedestal too, Mm -hmm. by the way. I think so. I think sometimes people forget that after the success of the Chappelle show, which I think went three seasons, it's three seasons and was a just runaway train of success. He was so in demand. I think there's a lot of pressure on him. He left Hollywood mm-hmm. for a period of time and went to Africa. Yep. So I think he has done quite a bit of soul searching. Oh, sure. Um, and I think that's why he comes to the table very introspectively. Yeah, that's that's probably good. Maybe I should go to Africa too. Hmm. Work on my comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Germany, get back to your roots. Yeah, yeah go to the motherland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Let's do those commercials. We'll um, pay homage to the people that support us because without them, uh, I'd be asking my wife for more money to run this thing. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm tapped out on my credit line with the Bank of Leslie. So let's go say hi to some of our sponsors and thank them for all that they do. And when we come back, we'll talk with Michael O'Brien. He is a duck boat tour guide. He is a stand-up comic. And he's, like, on the news almost every week. Is he really? He's the man-on-the-street guy. So, yeah, we'll do that right when we get back. The temperatures have dropped, so you might be taking on some unwanted visitors any day now. Mice want in, and you want them out. So what do you do? You call APC Pest and Termite Control to handle these freeloaders. Why? I'll tell you, because rodents typically make bad roommates. They eat your food, they don't clean up their messes, and they never help with the bills. Hey, wait a second, that sounds just like my kids. Don't settle for mice scampering across your floor. Show them the door. Go online now, apcpest.com. Hey, what are your kids doing right now? 
If I were a betting man, I'd guess they've got their noses in an electronic device. I'm not judging. I get it. You've got to make dinner, do the laundry, and start untangling that big knot of Christmas lights. But that doesn't mean you still can't provide mentally stimulating ways for your kids to occupy their free time. No way. It's time for a book, or a game, or a puzzle. None of which need to be recharged or suck up your Wi-Fi. So keep it simple with ParkStreetBooks.com. All right, we're back, and we have with us Michael O'Brien, stand-up comic from Boston. I met Michael. Well, I do stand-up comedy. Giving me that title is, is pretty presumptuous. You know what? Yes, I, I do do stand-up comedy. You're being humble. You are a legit <laughs> stand-up comic. People pay you for your, your comedy. I, I met you at Nick's. Okay. Do you even remember meeting me like two years ago before COVID? I kind of do, but I I go wow. to Nick's. Rick, you're drunk. pretty forgettable. I talk to people. <laughs> yep. I get I talk to people. I I, I do stand up to get free and half off drinks at clubs. That's why I do it. I love. I live within walking distance to Nick's. Whenever I go there, that means I'm getting getting uh, hammed up, and that's what I like doing. I talk to people. But if I don't, if I didn't like your set, I would have never approached you. So if I liked your set. Mm-hmm. Which is odd because I saw your set, so I was just like, "That can't be the set that I saw that night at Nick's." If I went up to him and said he was actually good, I mean, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. No, I actually I didn't perform. I'm just trying to get into it. You're you're like oh, uh, you're way God. ahead of me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, twelve years. You just you keep you just keep doing it. It's not like a real job. You don't actually get fired. You just keep showing up, and it's like the George Costanza on Seinfeld. Right. You just keep showing up. <laughs> Well, I found you to be great. You had, you had good stage presence. Your jokes were hitting. And uh, I also liked at the end of the show, you were approachable and, um, you know, gave a pointer or two. So I, I appreciated that. And I always remembered you. And I thought, someday I'm going to get a podcast and I'm going to ask that guy to be on it. And here we are. <laughs> good to have gold. There, Thank you, my friend. Yeah, you got it. What, what's the latest uh, with, with your comedy? What, what are you working on? Where are you performing? What do you... What do you? Um, uh, I thing? just did the uh, the historic JJ's Tavern in Florence, Massachusetts, uh, <laughs> the bar right next to my dad's house. Uh, Wait, the first time I did forty minutes, so that was pretty pretty. You know, that was a, a first time for me. That was pretty awesome. That's nice. Um, it went fine. My dad uh, talked through the set and 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 tried to come on stage at one point. Oh so my god. Great. But yeah, I mean, other than that, especially when I talk to him beforehand, because he does that sometimes. Because I do jokes about my dad, mm-hmm. but it's not about like it is about what stuff my dad does. But when you do jokes, it's not about the people; it's about you're trying to have people like, oh, my dad does that too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so it's about just dads in general, and my dad feels the need to defend himself. Where I'm just like, and before I was, we actually drove to Gettysburg because he lost his his driver's license because of his eyesight. Inside to drive him to Gettysburg because he loves the Civil War. And I was literally talking to him like my parents talked to me when we we're going to church where they're like, all right, now you're not going to talk during the whole thing and you're not going to try to run up on stage and you're not going to like, well, sometimes you say things. I feel like I have to spend my I'm like, no, just don't. Just don't. Just don't. Just keep drinking your, your whiskeys on rocks and just sit there and laugh and enjoy it. But he liked it. Everyone seemed to like it. I, it was fine. I haven't listened to it yet. I'll have to listen to it. But yeah. Awesome. Generally, when a drunk patron charges the stage at a comedy show, they're removed. But I assume <laughs> yeah, they but let no, it go. <laughs> no, my, 
<laughs> my dad had my dad had a bar tab, so they wouldn't. Ah, uh, that's yeah, amazing. <laughs> no, where yeah. I have to ask, where is Florence, Massachusetts? Florence, Massachusetts is Northampton, Massachusetts. Okay, out in Western Mass, kind of next to where UMass is. Mm-hmm. Florence is uh, we we joke. Florence is the capital of Northampton. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. So that's real be small like the, town living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's thirty thousand people. It's oh yeah. The, what you know? It's funny. I I was I was kind of telling you guys before about pot. I, I I used to work in real sports talk radio. Get paid nothing. I loved it. But I was once this whole podcast thing, and every comic had a podcast. I was like, I'm never doing this. Mm-hmm. And then my uh, former car worker talked me into it. And now this might be the first podcast, maybe second I've ever done of people. But it's because I love the the theme of it of the small towns. It's pretty funny because we, I mean, most of us live in small towns. If you grew up in a city, you're a psychopath, but yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, we react to this. We react to the overreaction of small town problems. And you could probably relate, Mike. People that claim to have issues or problems really have it so good that they have to almost fabricate or make mountains out of molehills, right? Would you agree with that? I think, yes, I think a big thing about small towns, too, is it's made up of people that don't have jobs in the real world. So it's a lot of teachers. It's a lot of, um, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of teachers. And, and I love teachers and they mold our minds, but they think like things that are problems are like huge, pro- you know, like, can you believe that Bobby skipped? Science class, <laughs> like who gives a shit? Right, you know, right. like, but they make such big deals about it, and this is on your permanent record. When you just like you just moved to Boston, and no one knows who you are, and no one cares anymore that you pulled the fire alarm. You know, like, right. yeah, they're lacking like, real world kid, perspective. They have no real world perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coaches. I, I, you know, my dad was a high school football coach. I have friends that coach college football now and I'll go to their practices and I'll go to their games. And you just remember how serious that was mm-hmm. where now you're just like, come on. Like my friends are D one college football coaches and you're hearing their speeches. I'm like, dude, you're not going into Normandy. So I think a, a small town has a lot to do with people on fixed budgets and you know they they know what they have and they know the rules and these are the rules and these are i don't know it's weird so western mass is it's we live in medfield it's kind of a high net yeah my cousin Mm -hmm. my cousin's from milford okay so where you're from it sounds like it's probably more blue collar and rural compared to this town is that a fair assessment Uh, yes and no because it's colleges it's all colleges Mm. so you have a lot of professors you have a mm-hmm. lot of people who move there from my my hometown, Northampton, is most famous for, at, at least in the 80s and 90s, was the lesbian capital of the world. <laughs> most lesbians per capita than anywhere in the world. Lots of Subarus. It's a Birkenstocks. Lots of Subarus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, lots of Subarus. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's like, it's just people who come, and then you have the blue-collar people who live their whole life, and it, there's a big, the big small-town debate in Northampton is the people who live their whole life call it Hamp, and the Smithies, the people who who came to go to Smith College and stayed, call it NoHo. Uh-huh. So it's the Hamp versus NoHo crowd. Wow. And if someone calls it NoHo around Hamp, they're like it's Hamp. And then if someone says NoHo around, you know, whatever, vice versa, it's like it's almost like a Republican Democrat mm-hmm. thing, even though everyone's like crazy liberal in Northampton, <laughs> sure. and it's just 
yeah, it's crazy. It's like the Jets versus the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Like- yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, exactly. We yeah, we snap our fingers, we right? dance. It's weird. <laughs> Mike, growing up, what would you say? Uh, did you ever embroil yourself in any small town controversy? Were you ever the uh, under the spotlight or uh, being examined by the other parents? Were, was the hearsay about you ever? I was the good kid. I never drank. I was my nickname when I was growing up with my friends was Vern from Stand By Me because <laughs> hey guys, we're gonna get in trouble. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was the we're gonna get in trouble guy. You I were? never drank until prom night senior year. Oh yeah, I was the big time we're gonna get in trouble guy. And, I mean, we did stuff. The only thing that I can really think of in high school was we had booster week, and, like, each each class had a hallway that they had to decorate. And one of the kids got, like, the youth football pads and made, like, a football player dummy. Mm-hmm. And we, as juniors or seniors, I forgot what year it was, broke in to the school and stole the dummy. And I didn't know where the dummy went, but someone got scared and threw it in a dumpster. And then, like, that was the big thing of, like, we stole $300 worth of football equipment or something. And it was all, it was all, we're going to jail and we're going to get expelled from school and our lives are over. And, yeah. But I don't know how. I I think I ended up taking the blame for it. I just said I did it and no one really cared, I think, is what. Because you were such a good kid. I, I don't really remember. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I was the class. I guess it was my senior year, so I think I was class president. The only time I was ever class president because I thought it looked good on my college admissions, but then also my 1.9 GPA didn't look good. So <laughs> Nothing to see here. I was right. the president. I was the class president. I'm kind of, kind of a big deal. Yeah, and I don't know. I just didn't end up getting in trouble. White privilege. I don't know what it was, but mm-hmm. I didn't end up getting in trouble. I think I had to just a pot. The, the, the youth football coach was my neighbor, and I grew up with his kids, and he was my coach growing up, and he was just like, Stop being an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, yeah. you said you've been doing comedy for about 12 years now. So I just wanted to know how you got into it, why you got into it, and kind of how your comedy has evolved since since you started to compared to where you are today. My comedy is not. It's probably gotten worse. Since <laughs> I, uh, I started when I was 30, and I was coming out of a bad relationship. Not a bad relationship. It was a fine bad breakup. We'll say bad mm-hmm. breakup. The relationship was fine. All relationships are fine until you break up. Mm-hmm. And I was living in Austin, Texas, and I broke up with my girlfriend. We moved down there from Boston and we broke up and she cheated on me. And when we got in our final argument, she punched me in the face. And so I had that story and we broke up. We came back or I came back. She stayed in Austin. And then I ended up like bouncing around couches and I ended up getting a Craigslist roommate and the guy was nice. And he, his name was Daryl. I don't know. You live, you live to tell the story of the Craigslist roommate. And, and, (laughs) and the guy ended up being a meth head male prostitute. Ah, there's the punchline. Yeah. He was a masseuse. And so then it was in Dorchester behind the Banshee and I would go to the Banshee because my friend Chris lived a block or two away and I would just end up sleeping at his place until Mm -hmm. I found a place. And I would just drink at the Banshee and one night there was an open mic there on a Sunday and I just went up and I told the story of getting punched in the face by my ex-girlfriend and had some punchlines written for it and just told the story of living with a meth head male prostitute and everyone laughed and then people <laughs> come up and said, how did you come up with that? And I said, that's my life. And wow. they're like, you should keep doing this. That's great. That's and then amazing. I just kept doing it. And I, to me, just the only thing about comedy, especially with the open mics, when you go to open mics, people are telling stories. You can, that, 
you know, when they lie, you're like, that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can just tell, like, I was driving my car and you're like, you don't own a car. You know? Like, <laughs> you can tell. So, to me, it's like the premise of the story has to have happened. I had to have lived, I had to have gotten a roommate on Craigslist. He had to have been a meth head male prostitute. And whatever the main story, you can embellish parts of it, but mm-hmm. the main parts have to be true. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. people can tell when you're lying. Yeah, Rick and I were actually that's, having that's, a, a, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, um, having a similar conversation before we started recording this episode about how, you know, a lot of times stand-up comedians, they may have come from not so great upbringings or had some tragedy happen in their lives, but they they work through that by weaving those experiences into their stand-up and make it funny. Yeah, yeah. One thing I, I've come to grips with in comedy, too, is everyone has been picked on. Everyone has been, but they think that theirs is, you know, mine was this, mine was that. You know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, there are some people who've gone through serious shit. Mm-hmm. But if you say, like, oh, you've never been picked on, what are you talking about? Like, everyone's been picked on. You right. know, like, Zach Morris was picked on. <laughs> you know, like, Zach Morris probably got beat by his dad. You know, mm-hmm. like, there's, like, everyone has had stuff and if you think that your stuff was worse or better or whatever than anyone else then you're the most messed up person ever and mm-hmm. you should be doing like mm-hmm. especially especially people who do stand up comedy we're not we're not i do i do duck tours too I'm a, a duck tour none of us are saying we're all crazy we all have our things like when you want people to say hey look at me and here's all my stories then you you know you're messed up <laughs> you're <Right>. not normal <laughs> Let's talk about, so that's your day job. You're a Boston duck tour narrator. narrator. Is that what they I call it? I point at buildings. Yeah, I point at buildings. Driving so, circles, I point at buildings. And you have to know, you have to know your U.S. history. Not really. You, you just, just, you just make it up as you go? Yeah. I don't know what you do, Rick, but if you do presentations, you just figure it out. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, mm-hmm. like, I know I need to know the facts, but you're literally, it's an open book test as you're, there's a Prudential Center. How tall is the Prudential Center? What's in the Prudential Center? Keep going. There's the Boston Marathon finish line. Keep going. There's the Lenox Hotel. There's the library. There's the, it's all there. So you're literally just be like, that's the, this. And here's a fact. And then you get stuck in traffic That's when you start. Yeah. What happens when you get stuck in horrific Boston traffic? How do you keep people entertained? Just keep swimming. (laughs) That's all you can do. Just keep talking. You got, you know, sometimes you do it and you, the tour is supposed to be like an hour and 20, hour and 30 minutes. And you Mm -hmm. get back and it was like an hour and 45 minutes. And you're just like, oh my God. Like you got, you got there and you're like, I don't, but I've done over two hour tours. I've let people off. Like you're just wow. stuck near the aquarium and mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. are like, just get off, just get off. <laughs> get like, out of here. We're not moving. We're not going to go anywhere. So just get out. Yeah. Once you hit like over two hours, you don't want to be there. They don't want to be yeah. there. There's nothing. But that only happens like really like once or twice a year. Do you ever workshop some of your material while you've got a captive audience? <laughs> I I have, I have, I mean, just jokes about duck tours. Mm-hmm. I have easy. I could do 10. If someone just said, go do 10 minutes and I don't like playing my set out. I just kind of go up there and, you know, you you just kind of chit-chat with the crowd for a second, maybe say something about funny about the room or something funny about something you saw, and then I just kind of like, oh, I'll go into something. And if, if I kind of lose my train of thought, I just start doing, and I can do like 10 minutes on just duck boats of just the jokes I do on duck boats, things I've seen on duck boats, things like that, and yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's it's literally, I do five hour and a half long sets a day. One yeah. thing I can recommend anyone, 
especially people in our situation doing comedy where it's not, you're not making money, money. Mm-hmm. You're, you're lucky if you make 50 bucks and get some free chicken wings, you know, like that's yeah. what, that's what situation I'm in. But, um, you, if you want to perform and you want to get better, like you do be a tour guide somewhere. It doesn't matter if it's a walking tour guide, driving tour guide, whatever tour guide, the TD garden, Fenway park, just be a tour guide. Just talk. I mean, I do five and a half hour long sets a day. So when, after the pandemic when I didn't do it for a while and I still don't do it. I do it maybe once a week comedy now, if I'm lucky, oh, really? I, I don't, I just don't do it as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's because it's just, I don't want to go out and just hang out at open mics. I'm, I don't want to mm-hmm. do that anymore. And also I don't know the people there anymore and whatever, yep. but I'll go to Nick's. I go to Nick's a lot. Cause it's right. I basically, if it's within walking distance of my place in Boston, I'll go to it. But, um, me doing five hour and a half long sets a day on Boston Duck Tours. That's I, I you, you get your chops. You can just go in there as long as you can remember your jokes. It's you're you're good. You know. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your podcast. So okay, let's uh, do it's, that. it's a sports pod. I mean, let over to you. It's a sports podcast. Why why hey, why did you get into it? I well, I I used to work at Sports Talk Radio. I'm 41 years old. I've held 47 jobs. I like to work, as I say. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I worked in Sports Talk Radio a lot in my 20s in Orlando and Buffalo and Boston. I think that's it. But uh, a friend I worked with in Orlando has all this equipment. He still does stuff. He makes a living, a really good living, doing stuff for radio and tv and all this stuff and he has his own studio and you kept always asking me to do it and i was like what's the point i'm gonna go on there i'm gonna say something stupid i'm gonna get fired from duck tours because someone's gonna say something i you know mm-hmm. whatever and like but i just started doing it and and i like it and you know people listen to it people don't i'm also think it's kind of like a demo if i ever want to get back into radio and be like hey i can still talk and stuff and i talk about sports talk about my life it's kind of turned into what i wanted it to be was like have a sports guest and I knew people and I had those people on and then I ran out of people and now no one's coming (laughs) on the show. So it's, it's tough. I've had my big name people have already pulled those out that I know that I did radio with. And now, you know, I'll, I'll comics on bold, Dan Bolger, Doug Gurton, Matt Kona has been on, uh, you know, lots of people have been on Boston comic wise. It's fun. Talk about it live. Talk about if there's some crazy story. I like to talk about the Celtics a lot. I love my Celtics, but, um, yeah, I kind of talk about whatever's going on for the week and then whatever I did, which is usually just get drunk at a sporting event. That's what (laughs) I like to do. I like getting drunk at sporting events. It's my thing. I see that on Facebook, you're at a new, a Boston sporting event every week. Wow. You, you probably go to more sporting events than you do stand-up comedy. It appears. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So that's an expensive uh, hobby. It, it is, but it's not because when you live in the city, A, you get people say, hey, do you want these tickets? Because mm-hmm. I can't go. Okay. That happens. Yep. Uh, my friend Scotty has Patriot season tickets and they're like 75. Scotty Lombardo, he does comedy. Mm-hmm. He, they're like, I think it's 75 bucks a ticket, which, you know, it's expensive, but once every other week, I can I can do that and get drunk in a parking lot all day, you know, like I'm fine. <laughs> and they're up in the they're up in the nosebleeds are fine. Mm-hmm. Like Celtics Red Sox tickets, when Red Sox suck, you can go for five bucks. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so yeah. you're going yeah. for five bucks and then you're just sitting wherever you want. That's what I was doing for Red Sox games. I was going to Red Sox games like once a month this year. Once they stink, then you go. But now with the Celtics, I won't be able to go to the Celtics. I was just looking at online. They're like Taylor Swift tickets now. They're oh. over a hundred bucks, and I'm not going to spend a hundred bucks to go watch the Celtics play the Nets. You know, mm-hmm. like so. 
now it's just kind of watching them on TV. I think my sporting event uh, is is starting to turn turn into more of a TV thing because the Bruins are good and the Celtics are good. So once once I start paying over like fifty bucks a ticket, then it's just like eh, I don't think we're doing this anymore. You know? Yeah, and the creature comes. So if anyone has free tickets to shows, you let me know <laughs> at Michael B five nine. I love free stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the creature comforts of home: the bathroom, the fridge. It's all right. within walking distance yeah. without lines. It's great. But like I said, I also I live within walking distance of the TD Garden. I live right down the street from it. Mm-hmm. So at six fifty five, I'll go online and be like, "Oh, geez, like tickets drop down to thirty bucks." Sure, yeah, I'll go or wait like five minutes into the game and then you can just go. Oh, sure. that's awesome! So, sure. And you don't have to pay for parking. I, and in, all I speak that. in the Fenway. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to deal with parking. You don't mm-hmm. have to. All I do is just you know buy $30, $40 tickets, and then I get my $6, $10 Bud Lights, and we call it a day, you know? <laughs> okay, so let's, let's yeah. this next question kind of brings together your your stand-up, your day job as um, a duck boat narrator, and also your yeah, I... affinity for sports. You had, you made, you made it on the news. You, you somehow get on Boston News once a month, it I'm seems I'm the like. man on the street, Rick. You I are. The man on the I'm watching news about a water main break or the kickoff to a marathon or what. It could be anything. And we go now to, you know, it, yeah, it's Mike O'Brien. That, it's 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 you they, waxing they, poetic. How does that happen? Something happens. Well, the biggest thing, whenever it happens, whenever the Celtics or the Bruins are in the playoffs, I'm, that's my, that's my Super Bowl. That's my time to shine. That's when I'm on. I've been, I think it's over 20 times in the past three years. Oh my God. (laughs) That's hilarious. And they're always at the North, they're always at the North station at the Boston Garden at those times. And that's where my grocery store is. And that was also during the pandemic. I was working at a jail. I was working at the jail because that tour shut down. So I was a jail guard during the pandemic right next to the boss of guard. So I'd walk through North station on my way to and from work and they'd just be there. And I'd say, do you need a man on the street? And they'd say, yep. And then you just, when, I mean, I've talked about everything. It's usually around the Boston garden though. Uh I had a a building collapse next to me and I I just like, I just started tweeting at news stations saying like, Hey, building collapse in North end. You should come, you should come, you should come. And then I came and then I just started being ridiculous about this building collapsing next to me. That is so yeah. Yep. It's whenever you see a news camera, if you want to be on the news, all you have to do is just go up and say, do you need a man on the street? And they all say, yep. And then they just, yeah. Well, you have yeah, to, I have a whole sizzle reel. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to deliver that's it, my, and you do. That's my, I'm more proud about that than anything I've ever done stand-up-wise, I'll that, tell you that right now. <laughs> that's, that's terrific. Well, I think one of one video went viral where you were on the duck boats and you saw the Golden State Warriors coach at – at a crosswalk. Steve Kerr was on the sidewalk, yeah. So walk us through that experience. That must have, I mean, just, you had an eagle eye, you saw a, a face in the crowd, you recognized them, and then you started talking shit. Like, walk I'm us through re- that. I'm really good at that, seeing people, <laughs> but I didn't, I, Deshaun, the driver, because we're stuck in traffic, it was a Paul McCartney concert, we're by the Sheridan on Dalton Street, trying to get to Boylston Street, and there's a Paul McCartney concert at Fenway, so we're just in standstill traffic, mm-hmm. and I'm just like talking, 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 and my, my lady friend was on. She just randomly, like, she works at the Prudential Center, and she's like, can I get on this one? I was like, yeah, sure, come on, do it. And and Deshaun was like, that's Steve Kerr. 
And I was just like, oh, that is Steve Kerr. And I was like, hey, Steve Kerr, you know what we do on these duck boats? We do championships. The Celtics won game three the night before. They're up 2-1. And I was just like, uh, and he said something about how they haven't done anything since the 80s. Mm-hmm. And we're just kind of chit-chatting back and forth. I wasn't being like, F you, Steve Kerr. I was on a duck boat, first of yeah. all. Nor <laughs> right. would I. Nor would I have either. I'm just not that type of guy. But just, you know, jibber-jabbering with, with Steve Kerr a little bit. It was pretty funny. And my uh, my lady friend recorded it. And then we put it on. Then, like, I go back to my phone. It was all over the news. And I was like, ah, this is what being famous is like. For a day and a half, I was famous. You're a viral sensation. I thought it was great. Yeah. Now, so what comedians are you a fan of? Like, who would you go pay to see at a club? Pay to see at a club? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So if the tickets were less than $15. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Bill Burr, of course. Yep. Uh, you know, Louis C.K. I mean, mm-hmm. I've also seen a lot of these guys already. So either either at, at Giggles or at, uh, you know, I saw Louis C.K. at the Springfield Civic Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's weird when it's weird when you already see these people and like interact with these people yeah. and see them. And then, I mean, I had drinks with Bill Burr once at Kiggles, you know, and wow. then you see him on TV and you're just like, oh, we like hung out for half mm-hmm. an hour and just shot shit with each other that was cool you know like i don't know it's weird it's different there's i get starstruck don't get me wrong oh, well, Mike, 100% Mike. starstruck i'm like oh my god but is it as like is it like oh my god that's david ortiz you know i'm mm-hmm. right. like oh cool david ortiz what's up man you know like hey what's going on you know i'm not like oh i mean i still get pictures taken and stuff but that's just because I'm an attention whore and want likes on Instagram. <laughs> Mike, I thought was, this was a great interview. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'd love to have you back some other yeah. time if you'd, you'd ever uh, make the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if something small town happens in Florence, Massachusetts. I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be uh, the first one to call you about it. <laughs> yeah, the man on the street, yes, Mike, Mike up. O'Brien. Yeah, right. All right, Mike. Well, thanks yeah. a lot, man. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, guys. Take care. Yeah. Well, that was a good interview. That was Mike O'Brien, who wears a lot of hats. He's the Boston duck boat narrator. He's a Boston comic. He's the Boston nightly newsman on the street. <laughs> and he's got his own podcast. you got to check it out. It's a sports and comedy podcast called The Mike O'Brien Show. And we just had him on as a guest. And I thought that that was a great interview. I loved it. So fun. Yep. He's great. Good perspectives. Good good insights. Mm-hmm. Small Into town. small town issues mm-hmm. and the comedy scene. So we've co- we covered all topics, I that's, feel like. That's right. Why don't you get us out of here, Liz? Sure. All right. So I cannot do justice to Mike's, you know, this is what we learned today. But I will say my biggest takeaway, and I think our listeners' biggest takeaway will also be, don't go to Hyannis in November. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if we've learned one thing, listeners. All the way back to that, yeah. <laughs> and if you do, jump out your window. Exactly. And don't make conversation with strangers in a bar. Okay, let's not do that. That aggressively reveal their shoulder tattoos. (laughs) Exactly. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend. Tell your mailman. Tell your esthetician. Tell anyone about the podcast. Uh, We love to have more listeners, and we love your feedback. So have a great week. 